This is episode 56. Let's get started. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hello, my friends. Hello, everyone. How are you? I hope everybody's doing great. I am doing fantastic. As always, actually a new day and there is so much going on in Smarter Parenting. I'm super excited for the things that are coming up in this new year. And so I feel extremely blessed to be able to be here and to share information and also parenting suggestions, tips, and skills uh, found in the teaching family model, which is the model that we use here at Smarter Parenting. I do need to give a shout out to the Utah Youth Village who sponsors us here and they provide so much support so much help with the things that we are accomplishing here at Smarter Parenting. And so thank you to Utah Youth Village. Feel free to make a donation to Smarter Parenting uh, because we exist through the generosity of donors like you. And of course, it's tax tax deductible because we are a charity. So super, super grateful for this opportunity to share. Actually, today is probably one of those days where I'll be talking about a topic that I don't actually get a lot of questions about But it is in connection with the previous podcasts that we had that dealt with effective negative consequences. Today, we will be talking about effective positive rewards. Now, they seem like polar opposites because you have effective negative consequences and effective positive rewards. However, they are literally two sides of the same coin. So they are connected. They're related. They are enmeshed with each other because they share a lot of similarities in helping to shape and adjust behaviors in children. Now, um, among them are five components that I shared in the previous podcast. They're actually the same components that make rewards effective and they help make rewards work for your children. So we're going to be talking about that. In fact, during this podcast, we'll be talking about effective rewards. We're going to be talking a little bit about effective rewards and money as well, like this idea that you have to give your children a ton of things. We'll be talking about the components that are involved in that. I'll share some examples of um, how the components are used. And then I'll just close up with um, the, the need to actually focus in on positive rewards as also a way to help address behaviors because behaviors can be shaped either by using effective negative consequences, which decreases the negative behavior, or effective positive rewards, which actually increases positive behaviors. Let's talk a little bit about the components first. Let's talk about the components that make effective positive rewards work with children. This is going to sound super familiar for those who listened to the previous podcast on effective negative consequences, because they are the exact same components that make effective positive rewards work. I'm going to say them and then we'll discuss them a little more in depth as we go. First off is immediate. Second component is degree or size. The third component is consistency. The fourth component is importance. And the fifth component is varying the reward. So let's talk about immediate or immediacy. That is related to if a child is doing a positive behavior, we should be giving them a reward, a positive reward, as as immediately as possible because it connects the two. Children live in the present. They don't live necessarily in the past and they don't live in the future. The younger the child is, the more they're just 
Now is now, and this is the reality. So in order to connect a behavior with something positive or that you want them to repeat doing, you want to give them a reward that's immediate. So immediacy is super, super important. You want to give it as soon as possible. With with teenagers and such, you also want to give it as soon as possible. So saying, hey, you know, if you do this behavior, I'm going to reward you in a month from now is less effective than saying, hey, if you're able to do this now, then I will pay you tonight. Keeping rewards immediate is more effective than spacing it out. Now, degree and size is the second component. And what you need to consider in degree and size is that what you are giving as a reward for um, your child's behavior should actually match the behavior. So if a child is, you know, able to do something well, like let's say they wash the car, and then you decide to give them a reward for that, telling them, oh, well, you can just have the car, that's too big of a reward for that, okay? They clean the car, they don't deserve the car right? So you need to make it work, right? So, okay, so you clean the car. Wonderful. You can borrow the car for a night because you're showing me that you care for those things. Yeah, okay. That is a little more equal than, say, something that's outrageously big. Now, being able to determine the degree and size, you're going to be able to tell because you're going to know, okay, that's just too much and that's too far or that's too little. Getting something that's too big just devalues the reward, you know, and actually creates this expectation in your child that if they do small things, they're going to get big rewards. And you do not want to do that. You do not want to do that. Because in the long run, you cannot keep up with the expectation. They're going to say, okay, I did this. I deserve this. I did this. I deserve this. And it, it will get out of control. If you give a child a reward that's too small, it doesn't have value to the behavior. So they may be doing a great behavior, but you're giving them a small reward like, okay, you wash the car. Well, you know, I'm going to give you a stick of gum. Okay, too small, right? And not important, okay? So it's too small. It's like, okay, I wash the car. I don't see the connection between the two. And really, for I spent like an hour washing the car, and you're giving me a stick of gum. Can you see the disconnect in that? So you want to be sure that the degree and the size matches the behavior, the positive behavior, and that reinforces them to continue with the positive behavior. So that's component number two, degree and size. Component number three is consistency. Can I follow through with this reward? I want you to really consider this. Parents, you have to take a step back and evaluate your ability to be consistent. Using the previous example of washing the car and then uh, giving the car as a reward. Okay, that's outrageous, right? But again, you set up this expectation. Can you be consistently giving your child these huge rewards for minimal effort? Because over time, it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And can you afford that, right? No, you can't. You have to be able to say, I can be consistent in giving this reward and I can follow through with it. I can follow through with that. If you cannot follow through with it, then it's not a good candidate for being an effective positive reward. Positive rewards, effective positive rewards are ones that can be followed through with. Okay, so keep that in mind. That's component number three. Component number four is importance to your child. You want to be sure that the reward you're giving your child has some value for your child. You don't want to be giving them something that they don't care about as a reward because that just devalues the behavior that they did well. So if your child is you know, doing well in school and they value time with friends, that is a, that is a possible reward right there. Okay, if they're doing well in school 
and they don't care about you know you buying them something like a toy car right and but it's not important because they don't like cars yeah that's not important so it, it devalues the behavior so we're, we're creating value around the behavior and creating value about the reward and being sure that they match being sure you can follow through being sure that you're giving it immediately the last component is varying the reward so you're going to find that your children um, actually may get tired of the same reward. So you want to adjust it and you want to make sure that it is matching up with reinforcing the positive behavior. So take, for example, a child who does well and you give them a piece of candy as a reward. Okay, if you keep giving them the same piece of candy, after a while, the excitement of getting that same piece of candy is going to wear off. It will. It will just wear off. So you want to vary it, provide variance to that. You, you can maybe give a candy here. You can give something else here, or you can reward them in other ways here. So just providing some variance in there and being sure that you're not giving the same reward for every positive behavior. That's also one of the things that I've noticed a lot of parents do is that they have one reward that they will give for all behaviors. Sometimes it's better to have different rewards for different types of behaviors that match the other criteria of degree and size, your consistency and being able to follow through and that has importance to your child. So really taking the time to evaluate, is this really the reward that's going to work best for this behavior to reinforce it so my child continues to do it? Those are the, the five components. I'm going to repeat them again because repetition is the best way that we understand and that we learn things. So first is immediacy. We need to provide it immediately. Second component is degree or size. Does the reward match the behavior? Third is consistency. Can I follow through in providing this reward and future rewards over time? If you can't, you can't. So you need to adjust the reward. Uh, fourth is the importance. Does Is this important for my child? Does this reinforce the idea that, hey, if I behave this way, I'm rewarded this way, yay, it makes sense. And then varying the consequence, being sure that you are flexible enough to adjust it and that you're not giving the same reward for every behavior, every positive behavior. Some behaviors are actually more difficult than other ones, so you wanna match it, you wanna be sure. Now, the recommendation that I always give parents is that they look at the rewards that they're giving their children and then they walk through each of these components to be sure that it fits. And if there's one area where it's lacking, either adjust it or change the reward. Adjust it to, to make it work or change the reward completely. Now, I had mentioned earlier in the podcast that I wanted to talk about rewards in general as far as money. Money is a motivator for a lot of adults. Obviously, we're motivated because we have bills to pay and we want to live a good, good life and we want this and we want that. For children, money can vary as far as whether or not it's important to your child. You want to be very cognizant about that, but you also want to be cognizant about how money fits in rewards and whether or not it's a good idea to use rewards that require you buying something or getting something or a physical object as a reward. Because there are other rewards that you can provide for your child that are not linked to money. Yeah, you heard me right. It does not have to be linked to money. You can actually provide a reward that has to do with time, more time with friends, time with you, time playing a favorite game, time doing a favorite activity, time to, you know, whatever it may be. Time is also a reward. Time can be a reward. So finding something that's enjoyable for your child 
that they like to do can be a reward for them. I had one family where uh, they didn't want to focus in on any type of like external rewards where they had to purchase like a, a toy or give their kids a candy. They didn't want to do any of those type of rewards. And so we had to sit down and evaluate what are the things that are important to your child that you can increase as part of the reward. And one of those for their young son was he really, really enjoyed playing his dad's trumpet. The problem was the dad didn't trust him with the trumpet because he was scared that the trumpet would get banged up. It was an heirloom. And so what we determined as a reward is we would... uh, the parents would allow him to, for positive behaviors, play the trumpet with dad's supervision. So it was a win for everybody. The boy got what he wanted. He had some additional time to do it. Dad was able to spend time with him to watch him play and be sure that nothing happened to the trumpet. And, you know, everybody was was happy. It reinforced the positive behavior because he wanted to do that, right? And so it, it fit. It was something that they could do immediately. As soon as he got home, he did, you know, positive behavior. They did it immediately. It matched. They were sure that it matched the time. So if he spent 15 minutes cleaning his room, he could, you know, spend X amount of time playing the trumpet. And so, um, and it was something the parents could consistently do. And that is one of the big hangups with a lot of parents and rewards is this idea that I have to buy something for my child or I have to, you know, provide some physical object for my child in order to reward them. You don't have to do that. You don't. There are rewards that are non-money oriented that you can use. In that example, really, it was about us sitting down and evaluating what are the things that are important to this child that we can give to him that are that don't require any money. So don't let money be the hang-up for you in providing a positive, effective reward. You can give effective, positive rewards that don't cost money or don't cost external things. Keep that in mind. As a parent to your child, you you know what's important to your child. You do. You do. You know what's important to your child. One thing that um, another parent did, and it's just come to my mind, is that they had this toy box where the children had toys, but there were toys that the child didn't play with for a while. And so mom would actually put those toys in this toy box that was, it was a little bit away, but the child knew what toy was in there. And for a positive reward, the child could actually get that toy back. Now, mom didn't take it because they misbehaved, but mom just took it because they didn't play with it for a while. And so she just put it over in a box and they could look at it. And for every positive reward, she would just take it down and they could choose from one of their own toys, a toy that they hadn't played with for a while. Now, you may think why would they want to play with it now because they didn't have it before and they didn't play with it before but what we found was children actually felt like it was a brand new toy because they hadn't seen it for a while and they're like oh and then they remembered the value because it wasn't there so that's another example of a non-monetary reward effective reward that a parent has used to help their child shape a positive behavior, right? So they're out there. There are ideas out there that you can use that don't involve money in providing a positive reward or food. Now, those are some of the bigger motivators for me. Specifically, food is a huge motivator for me. But food, for example, can also be used, you know, if you wanted to do a bank uh, with uh, behavior bucks, that's another idea that you could use as a positive reward um, where you pay your child these 
behavior bucks for behaving well. And then they could cash in on a store that's inside your house and that you've set up. That actually takes the money out of it and it creates a whole other token economy that you can use in your home as far as effective rewards work. So what I do recommend though for all parents is that they sit down with their children and they work through rewards using these elements. And they talk to their children about, okay, so if you behave well, I want to reward you. And so let's figure out a time when I can do it immediately after you you do well, then I want to do that right away. Um, I want to be sure that it matches, you know, the degree and size is right. I want to be sure that I can provide this for you and that you can enjoy it. I want to also be sure that it's something that's important to you. And I also want to change it up. So maybe we'll try something a little bit different and make it work depending on your needs. The reason that I recommend parents sit down and go through each of these components with their children when discussing rewards is because it allows the parent to communicate with the child, but also the child to communicate with the parent on what is important to them at the time. It also sets up an expectation in the future for positive behaviors. And kids will remind you if they are behaving well and you have this predetermined and they remember it, they're going to remind you, hey, I did this. Remember we agreed. Kids do not forget when they can benefit from it. They don't. They will remind you. And this is a good way for you to establish this positive relationship with each other and this connection with each other. And I love actually focusing in on effective positive rewards. Now, we had talked in the previous podcast about um, effective negative consequences. And now we're talking about effective positive rewards. They are linked because the five components that make them effective are the same components. At the same time, they are linked because we are looking to increase positive behaviors with your children. Again, we're trying to decrease with the negative consequences, but with the effective positive rewards, we we can see that as they continually do positive things and have positive experiences, those things tend to increase and actually push out some of the negative behaviors. So being able to focus on the positive and reinforcing the positive actually brings it to the forefront of your child's mind and keeps it there and has them feeling like I need to continually do this and to repeat this because I'm receiving all of this positive stuff that's happening. Whereas if we only focus on effective negative consequences, sometimes we compile those and it's just too much and the child feels defeated, their self-esteem goes down, they feel like they can't do anything right and no parent wants that for their child, right? As much as you can, we want to be rewarding our children for the positive behaviors they do. We want them to know what they're doing well. We want them to continue doing well. We want them to increase what they're doing well in order to help them develop those abilities and those skills and build that self-confidence and that relationship that we have with them. So if I were to work with parents, I usually have them work with both of them at the same time. Do not only focus on consequences, okay? Effective negative consequences. They do have a place. However, I have found more power in the long run with effective positive rewards than with the negative ones. Anyways, I have focused in on the ability of parents to actually move forward and do that and work through that. Sit down with your children, work through each of those components, come up with a game plan. This actually saves you a ton of time in the long run because when you have predetermined rewards, you don't have to 
pick and choose and try and figure it out, you know exactly what you're doing. You're just like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. It actually provides a sense of security also for your child because they know what to expect. They know what's coming up. And so this will save you time. You may be thinking, okay, this is a ton to do and it takes a lot of brain work. It will initially, but I will tell you and I promise you, you do this for the first two, three times. After that, it becomes easier to do and pretty soon it becomes second nature and you're able to do it automatically. It's a powerful, powerful thing that you'll be able to do. All right, so keep that in mind. Now, do I have more to say about positive, effective rewards? Absolutely, I do. And again, there's just too much to cover, really, in one podcast. So we're going to revisit this as we go. In fact, I would recommend that people sign up for a mini coaching session. And let's talk about consequences and rewards and how how to make them more effective in what you're doing. I do want to stress the difference between just rewards and effective positive rewards because there is a difference. Rewards themselves are not really well thought out. If you think about what we've done here, what we've done with effective negative consequences, We've actually created a structure on the way that you're going to approach rewards. And so by doing this, you are creating a system that will make your rewards far more effective in changing your child's behavior than if you were just to reward them for positive behaviors. So keep that in mind. There is a difference between just rewards and then effective positive rewards, which is what we're teaching you here at Smarter Parenting, which comes from the teaching family model. Keep that in mind. I actually would love for parents to, you know, open up and share ideas of um, rewards that they've used with their own children that don't have monetary value. That seems to be the big hangup for a lot of parents is, okay, it's a reward, so I should be buying them something or should be giving. No, you don't need to do that. You don't. There are ways to reward your children. And in fact, sometimes effectively praising them is a reward. And being able to do that following the steps of effective praise is a reward in and of itself. So you'll know. Just go through the rewards that you currently are using right now. Go through the five components. See if they're a good fit for the behavior you want to reward. And if they're not, make some changes. And if you can't make changes to make it work, then you need to find a different reward to reinforce that positive behavior. I've talked a ton. Holy cow, that's a ton of information, I know. Uh, You can find more information on the Smarter Parenting website. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Share this with uh, family members, with friends. Uh, Have your children listen to it as well, this podcast. And give us a five-star rating if you're listening on iTunes. That would be super helpful in allowing other parents to find us and also implementing some of these things that are changing lives around the world. That's it for me, and I will see you again next time. Right, bye.